Hello everyone and welcome to Flawless, a music podcast. My name is Liam and I'm joined as usual by my co-host Grant. Hello there. Unfortunately, George can't make it today, but we are joined by a special guest, CJ. Hi, how's it going? Each episode of Flawless, one of the hosts or a guest nominates an album that they think is flawless and we talk about why they love it, how they discovered it and why they think it's flawless. So just before we get started, I did want to raise the fact that we've now got a Patreon where you can back us from as little as a dollar a month if you'd like to support us and help us get the word out there. We also have uh, levels at 5 and $10 where you can get some bonus content and that sort of thing. So still waiting for our first backers, but yeah, you can be one of the first. That would be great. It's uh, patreon.com slash flawlessamp. Who's going to be the first? Who's going to be the first? Really? Michelle, my wife, was thinking she might be the first to no. sort of get, get the thing going a little <laughs> bit, but it might be cheating. Sure. Uh, so, CJ, since you're our guest today, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I feel the pressure already to become <laughs> yeah. our first patron. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm a Dugabari Yidinji Aboriginal woman from far north Queensland. I'm born and raised on a little uh, place called the Tablelands up near Cairns, which is kind of inland and rainforest and very hot. So I grew up there um, with all my family and kind of moved uh, down to Townsville when I was younger and kind of started a career in radio. It's a little bit similar to this, but podcasts actually like weren't even around when I was mm-hmm. doing radio, which sure. makes me feel super old. <laughs> um, I was using like mini discs and stuff back in the day. Like, yeah. So it just, it's come a long way to technology, that's for sure. Um, so done radio and studied um, down at a place called Afters, Australian Film, Television and Radio School and um, graduated from there as the first and only Indigenous radio graduate in the nice. school's history. Cool. Um, there has been one since, I think, one yeah. or two um, Indigenous Bob come through after me, which has been really good um, for the school and for, you know, talent and the radio pool. So um, kind of took a bit of a hiatus from the industry, you could say. Um, in 2010, my mum passed away suddenly. So I moved back from Sydney, um, back up to the Tablelands where I grew up and started raising my brother. He, he was 13 and I was 25 and... Yeah. Grow up was, quickly. Yeah, real quick. <laughs> wow. So noodles and bread keep kids alive, I've found. Yeah. Um, sure. I okay. learned that. Um, no, but he's 21 now and, um, you know, he's out doing his thing and mm-hmm. I'm back doing mine. And I've done kind of media in between then, including like NITV and on television, a bit different from radio. Um, and now I work in like youth work with, um, you know, I've done all kinds of stuff in my career, but um, – Social media and media and that whole creative space is kind of where I land all the time um, mm-hmm. and then I kind of need a break from it and then I go to youth work. So that's a cool. little bit about me, yeah. Cool. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. Thank yeah, you. it's great. Great and, intro. And uh, what album did you nominate today? Ooh, I nominated one of my, well, probably my most favourite album of all time, which is Lauren Hill's The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. It's funny how money changes situation. Miscommunication lead to complication. My emancipation don't fit your equation. I was on the humble you on every station. Someone play young Lauren like she done. But remember not to game the one of the sun. Everything you did has already been done. I know all the tricks from bricks to kingstown. My ting done major king down one wrong. Now understand El Boogie now violent. But different things test me, run for me gun. Can't take a threat to me no cool and so what made you decide to pick that album 
I've always like loved Lauren Hill since I was young. Like I, I grew up in a household with hip hop and and reggae and indigenous music and rock and just a whole bunch of stuff. But hip hop really made an impact on me. Mm-hmm. Um, as an indigenous girl growing up in North Queensland, we didn't have a lot of indigenous hip hop, so our our influence was Americanized hip hop. And yep. seeing a woman, a black woman, you know, um, Lauren Hill reached the levels that she did mm. um, with the Fugees. And I, I think that was my first album I ever owned when I was okay. like eight or nine was the Fugees, the score. And um, from there, you know, obviously 1998 was the, the album by Lauren Hill with Miss Education Lauren Hill. And I just remember having it and just playing it and playing and playing the guts out of it. And I, I still can play it from start to finish now. And, and yeah. I just love it. Yeah. Nice. No skippable tracks. <laughs> None. <laughs> so that's the first tick. Um, so yeah, so the Miseducation of Lauren Hill is the debut solo album for her, and also so far her only. Well, the she, oh, she did that MTV album, so it's her only other studio album, and then she did a MTV Unplugged. She did do Unplugged, well. which is also um, a good album. But to me, I think like Miseducation is just like a solid album that has stood the test of time. Mm-hmm. Like it hasn't wavered, and like twenty years on, you know, it's still like amazing. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, this is off track, but I, um, I knew she'd done the MTV thing, but I didn't realise she basically used that to release an entire second album worth of songs. So yeah. she went on MTV Unplugged and didn't play anything off this album at all. It was all new material, okay. which is obviously like the whole point of MTV Unplugged yeah. is, oh, we want to see people do their usual songs, but <laughs> yes. in a different way. And she was like, nah, screw that. Yeah. Not me. <laughs> and then spent a lot of time between songs as well just doing spoken words and talking stuff as well, which is also a lot of talking, really unusual yeah. as well. Mm. It's just like, no, I've got a story to tell and this is how I'm going to tell it. Yeah, a big story. And it just flowed like the MTV stuff, you know, it was up and down, it was crazy. But she never was that type of artist to be in a box and she still kind of isn't. Mm. So, um, yeah, that's another big draw piece for me. Yeah. So it was released on August the 25th, 1998 and on Rough House Records and Columbia Records. And yeah, it's her debut, which is like, it's a stunning debut, even though she's done two albums with the Fugees mm. as well. It was still, it's an amazingly yeah. confident, just self-assured debut album. Just no, sort of, yeah. no queer, no qualms, no, just like, here I am, here's the whole of me. Yeah. It's just putting myself out there right from the start. Yeah. And the the lyrics and the, the production behind it, you look, you listen to it and you're like, for a first time, you know, album for somebody mm. and especially coming out of the Fugees, you know, her and the Fugees kind of broke up for a bit and she was very unstable. Um, no one quite knew what was going to happen and then she just dropped this album and it was just so, it's just so flawless. And you look back and you can like, thank you, I just <laughs> chucked that in there. Uh, you, can, you can look back and actually pick up you know, bits of it even now, like I was listening to it earlier today to, you know, come on here and, and have a yarn about it but... Even now I'm like, oh, wow, like there's no artist now, like female artists, hip-hop industry that are, is at that level mm. still. And I think probably a lot of them also, the ones that we do have as well, probably owe a lot to her as well. Like yeah. you can definitely see the – Huge amounts, the, yeah. Not even just in terms of setting up what they needed to do but just like the influences and how they're sort of drawing on what she did and what she sort of set up as well. Yeah, and even your male um, – hip-hop influences mm. now like your drakes and stuff is starting to sample yeah. a lot of the album and, and sampling those those beats that she brought out all those years ago so mm. yeah it's really changed the game yeah and five grammys huh yes so, so just a couple received pretty well <laughs> you could yeah say. so at the 41st annual grammy award miss education earned 10 nominations and won five awards making Hill the first woman to receive that many nominations and awards in one night. So she got album of the year, best R&B album, best R&B song, best female R&B vocal performance and best new artist. Yeah. Which is just, yeah, obviously she just kept going back up just on stage incredible. and going, I can't believe this is happening. It's just yeah. 
Should have just away. stayed behind yeah, the yeah. curtain. <laughs> just chilled out. You'll be, you'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Grant, yes. all the way over in South Africa. All the way over in South had, Africa. Had you heard of Lauren Hill? We ask Grant this every time. Yeah, because yeah, we it's totally quite sure different. Heard of them. It's, yeah. Well, it just to see how music has hit the planet so different and, and yeah. what influence artists have had, I'm interested to hear as well. Yeah. Mm. Well, look, 1998, as we mentioned in previous podcasts, wasn't the best year for me at all. Yeah. Um, and um, but but this, I actually vividly remember a couple of singles off this one um, that I was bopping to um, in "Everything Is Everything," and of yeah. course, um, uh, that thing mm-hmm. um, certainly made it to the horrific dives that I used to frequent <laughs> around the Eastern Cape of South Africa. So yeah. um, I, I certainly had heard the album, um, not end to end then um but listening to it now it's like it's timeless you go well geez Mm. that um it still you know resonates i suppose as an album so uh, yeah it made it and um and i heard a couple of the songs there you go yeah (laughs) and the additional extra i think there was one on the on this uh on this version forgive me Contact My Eyes Are For You also made yeah. it. The cover. Yeah. The third one that made and it. And there well. was a lot of influence as well in the album with Africa and, you know, um, a lot of the roots that she draws back to. Um, mm. So, you know, I know it was playing in my household and I, was, I didn't even understand it. You know, I was 13 when this album came out and I just, even now, like, looking back, I don't think I was, you know, you just didn't understand the, the lyrical content mm. then. Um, I just remember the beats and the, and the way it made me feel. So... To see it like how it would have affected like different people in different countries mm. um, is yeah fascinating. Mm. Yeah, so I I'm sort of growing up on Triple J listenership, yep. so I'd heard the Fugees obviously, and then I knew the singles as well, but I'd never yeah. sort of explored the album itself that much. So yeah. this is sort of a bit of a first for me as well. But I knew. I always knew it was huge and everyone had always sort of talked about it as like a defining album yeah. and everyone's always on Tanner Hooks waiting to see, oh, when's she putting out the next album? Mm, and it's just sort of yeah. waiting and waiting and she's waiting. It's never going to happen. Yeah. I've, I've already like down <laughs> to that. I got you're, that. You've dealt with it. And you've I, accepted I'm it. I'm happy with yeah. that, one, that one flawless album. I'm, yeah. I'm good with it. Sure, okay. Yeah. And has, has um, Lauren been in trouble with the law? She had, she had some tax issues. She had some tax yeah. issues. And <laughs> she, I didn't look but uh, now. But I she ended she up spending, I think, three months in jail over yeah. unpaid tax things. So, yeah. Naughty girl. Always. Or naughty advisor. Naughty advisors, I tend to Blame assume, them, with, those, yeah. with those sorts of things. It's yeah. like, yeah, you've got money going, people telling you where to put it and record labels telling you where to put it yeah. and who knows what, what's actually going on. So. Yeah. Mm. So and she actually went to serve her time, eh? That yeah. sucks. And she had, like, a fair few kids as well. Yeah. And she's mm. got, like, some children to one of Bob Marley's sons okay um and yeah there was a whole big of big riff on you know who's going to take the kids and what she's going to do but to her i think it was just oh well it is what it is and she's not definitely not perfect that's the thing Mm. i think i've always liked about lauren hill is she was just uh, a black woman that was speaking her truth and Mm -hmm. not everyone liked it um in her outside world she's you know she's notorious for turning up late Mm. she's notorious for not showing up or for pitch problems or but if you do listen to like the mtv unplugged she's like you know this things happen sometimes i've sometimes i've got a sore throat that's what it is sure. yeah so i love like that she is mm. um out of the box yeah because she's touring australia at the moment and we, i shared an article when we were sort of in the build-up to it where yeah. there was i think it was about the sydney show where yeah she was an hour and a half late and there were all sorts of pitch problems that sort of stuff and there was it was a bunch of people complaining oh you should have just cancelled it and that way you can mm. get our money back but um, then I, a friend of mine who's like very big music journalist guy, he was there as well and mm. he was saying, no, the, the show was fine. That's just a, a news website yeah. locking onto a couple of boomers who were complaining about the sound levels and just okay. you know, going to change. Yeah. Yeah. He seemed to think that it was – she was late, 
but sure, it, yeah. but the sound he th- he seemed to think at the show was fine. So yeah, and her I guess her um, I've seen a lot of interviews and stuff with her where she'll say. If I'm late, it just means I'm not feeling like I want to go on stage at that moment and yeah. I've got to feel it to go out there. And it's like, okay, people paid money, but she's like a queen. Like, yeah. I, I can't fault her, you know what I mean? She could sure. go to jail for six months and I'll be like, oh, yeah, she's getting out, you know? <laughs> like, it's cool, it's fine. Sure. It's Lauren. Yeah. Because yeah. you mentioned when we were talking as well that you've you've seen her play I live. Have when, seen so her where play. was that? It was amazing. Uh, it was at River Stage at Reggae Fest okay. um, a cool. couple of years back, I think uh, 2005 or around that time she came and I think it was like the first time she'd performed in Australia for like 14, 15 years. Nice. So this was like the show and she brought um, Julian Marley with her, which is Bob Marley's son and sang Turn Your Lights Down Low and it was mm. just everything I'd imagined. Oh, yeah. Like and it was, more. It, and more like to this day, like she's still, that was still my favourite performance by anyone because just the build up, like, yeah. you know, I've been waiting to see her since I was like nine years old sure. and then she came out and just blew my mind away. She was late. Yeah. <laughs> but I was it's just okay. like the anticipation. If you're a real Lauren Hill fan, you're going to yeah. wait. You know what I mean? So it's really glad unreal. that she delivered as well. Cause, yes. Yeah. And I've wanted to, I, that's it. Like I've yeah. left it at that. And I'm like, no, I'm not, not ruining go it. Again. No. Because if she, yeah, she does have a bit of a iffy <sighs> record on delivering live. She if you've does. got that one live okay. performance that's so perfect, you don't want to, yeah, risk it. No. You, you've landed your one I've, lucky, I've done it lucky and thing. I could, you don't want to go back to the gamble, gamble nah. again. No. You're beaming when you talk about it, you know that. <laughs> I am? Yeah. I you am? Like your, your smile I just, uh, I, It widens. was just such a big, like, I just remember, like, no, I was, like, sober as. I don't drink anymore, but back then I did, and I was just sober. I was like, nope, I'm not missing a second. Mm. I'm not, I'm just, like, waiting. I'm like, I think I even did up. Like, I'm, I'll be honest. I was, like, emotional. Yeah. And that's yeah. weird, that's but a, it was like. Should, yeah. Yeah, it was like awesome. my one Spiritual person. experience. Yes, mm. hugely. There you go. And yeah. I guess because great. she's it's got, so I guess, good. what you'd describe as a limited set of songs, you probably would have got, if you had certain songs you were waiting for or hoping for, you probably would have got most of them. Yeah. I, I, anything. She could have got up there and sang like, you yeah. know, ABC and I would have been happy. Yeah. It was, it was good. And when you say she's late, it's not how, what's late? I mean, it's relative terms. Oh, is it like, like if you're supposed to be on at 9.30 and she gets on at 11. Wow. Mm. Okay. She's done it, I think, at Byron Bay Blues Fest. She's yeah. done it like a few places, but which isn't isn't so bad for festivals and that sort of thing. But I guess yeah. with house shows and stuff, you're often you've That's got right. like public transport things. Yeah. People people are like no no, I'm going to have to leave at time X. Yeah, no matter where the gig is up to, because I'm going to have to catch the last train or do whatever. So that yeah, sort of has for a, me, has I kind of saw her in like the perfect environment because it was a mm. reggae festival. It was so much more chilled. Yeah, it wasn't an sure. indoors thing, and everyone was there like super chilled and just relaxed. So. Yeah. Yeah, I was fine to be late. It was mm. all good. Yeah. <laughs> she could do no wrong. No, she yeah. can't. I mean, How did you guess? There you go. <laughs> huh? So then, did you? So did you get this album as like as soon as it came out? Like you knew right from the start. So there were two. There were four singles off it. Yeah, sorry, three singles. So do what that thing X Factor and everything is everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And two, one of them. So do what was released before the album itself. So you would have, I guess, if you'd listened yeah. to the radio, you would have known. Rage, your video hits. Yeah. Rage. It was such a huge yeah. thing. Such an Aussie thing. And yeah. just you wake up, oh. you watch it, and I was obsessed with all that stuff, you know, yeah. from a very young age. Like music stuff was my jig. Like I just loved it. And seeing this new song and how catchy it was, it was very radio friendly. Um, but the, the music it was, but when you actually listen to it, you know, she's talking about pretty serious stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, she's mm-hmm. talking about women and men and how they talk to each other and how they interact and bad fathers and, and you know, over-the-top women, but yeah. it's this catchy radio song. Yeah. 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 
growing up, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like, what's this album? When's it dropping? So mm. I had the hard CD. Yeah. Yep, still got it. Not nice. a scratch on it. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it's just red. It's pathetic, but I love it. No. Yeah. I just love it, yeah. Cool. So did you sort of, were any of your family members into music as well? Were they all listening to it as well at the time? Yeah, or? my mum, she was a massive, like, music fan. Um, she wasn't huge into hip-hop until, I guess, because that... that that era of hip hop really didn't take off to like the late 80s, you know, in, in Australia anyway, mm-hmm. um, late 80s, you know, early 90s. Um, so I was listening to a lot of Warren G and your Dr. Dre's and your Tupac's mm-hmm. and Lauren Hill, and I probably shouldn't have been. Um, and <laughs> she was. On reflection. In reflection, yeah. I listen to some of the songs now and I'm like, oh, this song still goes. And then I like, oh, why was I listening to this? <laughs> um, and, I, and my mum didn't like it, like probably sure. every, you know, mother back then, but. My mum had a real appreciation for music and I got a lot of that from her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess with the Lauren Hill album, um, there was a lot of reggae influence and mm. that, that that yeah, Rasta style stuff mum really enjoyed. So she yeah. was, I think she was swayed by that you a little bit. Her into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my daddy was like, I don't my dad's a Scotsman, so he's like, yeah. I don't know what this is. Like, you need to turn this <laughs> no, no, off. No, not real music. I need some Sex Pistols yeah. or something. Like, sure. yeah. So, but um, I was pretty lucky, you know. I grew, grew up in a household with a lot of variety of music, but hip-hop spoke to my generation, I guess, at that mm-hmm. time. Um, and like I said, Lauren Hill, as a, as a black woman who wasn't just talking about, like, like your little Kims and, like, um, you know, your Moniques and everyone back then of, sex and all that kind of stuff she was actually talking about real stuff that affected her and her community Mm -hmm. um and looking at it now i go oh wowzers you know but i knew as as a 13 year old like it was powerful because it was so different to everything else that was Mm. that was out there and do what was just such a radio friendly thing that you just played it and played it so when the album came out i was like mum i'm gonna need that you know (laughs) $35.95 $35.95 yeah, or whatever yeah. the CDs cost back then to yeah. um, to get that album for sure. Cool. Yeah. Were they that expensive? Were they they the... were pretty yeah, expensive. Yeah, I remember, yeah, these really? CDs like $30, $35. At least $30, That's $35. And I lived in a small little country town so that I had to go to Cairns was like my closest town, like an hour and a half away to yeah. actually go to a music store to get the CD. So this is an ad- adventure for yeah, you. Yeah, it's this an is adventure. A full-on you can't just expedition. buy it. Expedition, yeah. It, and the only things they would actually sell in my like town were, you know, pretty crappy like cds didn't sure. have what's a lauren hill like no yeah. one in no, my country yeah, town it's, it's was, dusty was of, doing exactly yeah. right yeah, exactly like dusty or mm-hmm. best of an excess or something yeah, yeah I, yes. know, I never got into that okay, exactly. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> yeah uh so it charted really well it got to number two in the australian aria charts uh number two in the uk chart and number one in the u.s billboard chart and then it also um charted in the year-end charts, uh, number 82 for 98 and then number 24 for 98 in the US. But then in 1999, it charted number 17 for the UK and number 11 for the US. So it was... Yeah. Didn't, Hit and it, miss. It wasn't that really thing, that thing that a lot of albums are like burst of sales right at the start yeah. and then it just fades out and no one pays attention to it. People yeah. were paying attention to it for like a year, for at least a year, mm. such that more people bought it in the second sort of, yeah, 1999, even though the album came out in August as yeah. well. Yeah. So it ended up going uh, platinum in Australia, so seventy thousand. Triple platinum in the UK, so one million and uh, eight platinum in the US for eight million albums sold. So yeah, Crazy. she's done pretty well out of she's it. Yeah. Right. She's done a, done a lot of it, and you can see why. Yeah, the pressure would be on for a follow up, and I like the idea of there's always like that that second album struggle. It's like yeah, or mm. I could just not have or a I second could just album. Not do it. <laughs> <laughs> just, and I just never have a second album struggle. 
Yeah. So she's touring basically the greatest hits now at the moment. Yeah, this this album, it's like twenty years kind of thing, yeah. you know, since mm. she brought it out. So she's she's come back over here with yeah, Nas um, okay. and has toured Australia. But I was so tempted because I'm like, God, oh, it might be the last time she's coming here, you know? Like yeah. you get all freaked out. Am I going to see tell. her again? But sure. that memory is like, yeah, it's solid for me, and I don't want mm. <laughs> I don't want to ruin it. But mm. yeah, I know a fair few friends that went and they just loved it. Saw all the videos and. Yeah, she killed it. Still in, still in her age. No, she played here in Brisbane as well. Yeah, played at the yeah. River Stage. Okay. Yeah, and it was one of the. Oh yes, in 2015, the album was deemed culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant by the Library of Congress and selected for inclusion in the National Recording Registry. So the Library of Congress takes historical albums that are important. It deems important, and it's taken that one and stored it forever. So that's massive really good too. Yeah. Jeez. Favorite songs. What are Ooh, some? Of, what are some of the okay. songs that you love on the album? There's, there's obviously like I can't like go through every single one of them. <laughs> I won't do that with you today, but um, I guess like uh, you, you're going to know a lot about me and I think this is the whole point of this podcast, yeah, yeah, right? You get to know people through music and um, obviously when I was 13, I didn't appreciate it as much as, you know, I would have done and when I was in my later years. So uh, I'm 34 now and I've been listening, well, I'm not 34 yet in April, but um, <laughs> I've been listening to this for a fair few years, you know, like... Um, but now, even as an adult, like in my early 20s, you know, you start seeing boys and you start going out and you do all that kind of stuff, you know, you're going out clubbing and all the rest and you have a bit of heartbreak, apparently, um, <laughs> with some guys you can't even remember their name now. But like this album was like, you know, this is this is the album mm. for like a, a single woman or um, someone who's been through stuff, you know, she's... Like Doo-Wop is obviously one of my favourites because it's just so catchy, but X Factor on the album is a huge song. And like even now, like if I've had a breakup, like I've got a partner now and he's, you know, a good guy, but if, if I had a breakup like, you know, with any guy, like this song would like buckle me. Because yeah. it was just like, it's the it's the song. Like I've got mm, a lyric from it if you, if you wouldn't Please. mind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did some homework. Do you like this? I love this? it. Um, Cause I was listening to it and I'm like, you know, you, you sing along and you, but when you actually sit and study the lyrics, you're like, oh, that's why I don't listen to this when I'm heartbroken. <laughs> so this is your go-to um, sad and lonely or do, CD or, sometimes. Yeah, or a little bit. Or, the, or, or X Factor in or particular. Just X Factor. You stay away from it yes. when you're sad and lonely because it's going to drag you it. into it. Right, because okay. I can't, I can't do it until I'm a little bit stronger yeah. and then I'm like, oh yeah, Lauren's going to bring me back up yeah. and that's why <laughs> I listen to X Factor now because yeah, so. No
oh, just put the daggers in like that's <laughs> rough. You know, twisted. Twenty-one with a broken heart. Go easy. Oh. So, Lauren, you know. So I stay away from that song. Um, but it's got some really like it's a really uh, deep connection. You can see that you know mm-hmm. when she's when she's actually having um, this song when she's singing it. It's she's obviously had like full heartbreak. You know, yeah. to be able to mm-hmm. go and it's so relatable to yeah. like. Anyone and anyone that's ever, I guess, had a relationship or any sort of heartbreak, you'd get it. So mm. that's probably one of my favourites. Mm. The whole album is um, first person. Yeah. So it's never he says, she said. It's never telling a story about it. Dave did this, Sarah did that. It's always I do this and you do that. Yes. Like the whole thing all the way through, yeah. which is like, yeah, that dead giveaway is like, no, no, this is a person just putting themselves putting out, completely yeah. 100% into this is all their own thoughts. They're not creating an identity to try and sing a song or a personality mm. or a profile to try and sing a song from that point of view. It's just always their own thoughts and yeah. their own sort of, yeah, pushing that stuff out there. Yeah. Um, and a little collaboration with Mr. Carlos Santana. Yes. Mm. The following track, eh? yeah. To Zion. Yeah, to Zion. I so like that's, that one. That's her son. So it's mm. all about, yes. you know, so him coming into the world and yeah. just how she speaks about him, you know, like how much of a gift he was and how it's, People were telling her, no, don't have him and, mm. you know, and she's just like, no, like you're, you're the gift mm. and that was it. And like it's just such a, the, the rift in itself with Carlos Santana, like, That's amazing, you know, the guitar and then you add in her lyrics and just how powerful it is. Yeah, it's just got that real sort yeah. of flamenco sort of style guitar. Yes. He just, and which you yeah. know he'd be able to do so easily. Like that's, yeah. not, that's yeah. not a struggle. He's just kicked back. Put that out. He goes, oh, look at this. Yeah, look at this um, little rift I yeah, made yeah. right But here. also, <laughs> I was re- so I'd heard that lyric, you know, where people were telling her not to mm. have him and I was like, oh, yeah, so she would have said, oh, I, I'm pregnant and... That was no. She would have said, "Oh, I'm thinking about getting pregnant." They would have gone, "Oh, that will hurt your career." But then I was yes. reading anything today that said it was actually after she was pregnant that they were telling her literally to get an abortion. Yeah. It's like, no, no, this yes, this so. kid is going. And I just yeah. That blew my mind that you could think that that was an appropriate thing to say to another yeah. person. Like, no, no, this is this, this is this thing that you're Terminate. obviously clearly invested it in. Yeah. Is going to ruin your career. Like that's just seems. Because she did movies as well. Mm. You know, she did mm. Sister Act. Was it two Sister Act two? I think it was two. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And, you know, I guess she was doing the movie thing. She'd just done the Fuji. She's, you know, her career was getting up and then she got pregnant. So I guess it would have been a big deal back then, hey. Like, you look at it now and you've got a lot of singers and, and female artists that have kids and they'll still do their thing. Mm. So it's it's a no-brainer. But back mm. then, I guess, for, yeah, her to be able to do that. And I know she takes her kids everywhere, you know. They're yeah. backstage, mm. they're chilling, yeah. and she's still been able to have this amazing career. But mm. Isn't yeah. it sad that these are... The people that would have given her that advice, A, would have been given, would have been from their side with the best of intentions. Yeah. And yet those are the people that she was hanging around with. And you go, wow, like mm. it's it's huge, huh? Mm. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so I think I've got another another good one that I've got in there is Forgive <laughs> Them Father. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. Although them again, we will never, never, never trust. 
while I'm sticking like glue. Blinks in green while I'm plotting for you. not just about heartbreak it's about you know retribution and and strength and a real look at life really mm-hmm. from love to hate to everything and yeah. forgive them father's got that real reggae influence and um in that she's got some pretty powerful lyrics you know using bible verses forgive mm-hmm. them father for they know what they do um and the way she puts her spin on that and then is able to flow. It's just her flow. Like, it's mm. not like anybody else's. No. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you can look at female hip-hop artists now and even they can't come close to her, you know? And is mm. she quite religious? Because there were there's like quite a few themes, I thought, going through there. Yeah, she's got a bit of that Zionism stuff going on. She's got... I wouldn't say she's like a full-out Christian. She's got a bit of, like, everything that's going mm-hmm. on, you know? But she definitely has... Um, the roots of of reggae and that whole rasta feel and mm-hmm. about um yeah how, how their type of religion if you could say that sure yeah so that song is definitely but she does you know go through how god is great and she will talk about the bible and, and all that stuff which mm. is something that i didn't grow up with i'm not religious at all but i can look at the lyrics in like forgive them father and it's about you know these people that will do you over and they'll be your brothers, they'll be your sisters, they'll be the closest ones to you mm. and forgive them for they know not what they do, you mm. know? Like, it's to me, I found a lot of healing in that song. Yeah. Um, okay. As a teenager, as an adult, like, yeah, of anyone, you know, that you've had. It's awesome and it still resonated yeah. with you and yeah. you aren't from that background. Yes. You know? Yeah. Wow. I guess um, in Australia, especially in Indigenous Australia, we, we had – a lot of the Americanized African-American civil rights stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. that was at the forefront as opposed to your South Africans and stuff, you know, like the main thing that we saw on television was um, black Americans doing their thing and you're like, whoa, how did they rise up from that? Because we're still kind of stuck. So it was Mm. a real cultural shift um, and to be able to see, like I said, a black woman come up out of that and she's succeeding, it was like I've not seen that. You know, Mm. this was for me that was my... She was a real inspiration. Shining yeah. light. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's always Hugely. the thing in like music and sport and all that sort of thing. It's like it always just not just takes one, but it, you, it needs that role model. It needs yeah. that person that people in that similar area can look to and go, oh, that's what it's going to look like mm. when I succeed. And that's yeah. going to, that's teaching me that I can be like that and I can yeah. have that sort of success as well. So it's For always sure. really important to have the at least one really sort of that beacon. Yeah. Um, and I think with Lauren Hill as well, her a lot of her visuals, like she was releasing the um, the videos and stuff at the mm-hmm. same time and, um, you know, she'd show like the 60s style influence with the, the American right stuff happening but then, you know, in everything with um, the song Everything is Everything, you know, she's got that, the record. I don't know if you can remember the film clip but it was like the city was like a big, she was on a yeah. big record and it was going around. It was oh, actually a really remember. cool visual. Like, okay. um, and she does kind of two worlds there and just has that real street style about that song. So mm-hmm. every song is very unique and very different. Some are more um, meaningful, some are very just about culture and and where she grew up and the things that were happening. So, mm. yeah, I, I guess it kind of resonate, resonated to me a more so um, growing up 
obviously not on the street. Like sure. I'm not growing up in, you know, concrete jungle. I was growing up in this fields around me but it was just something about her and the way that she spoke to me as a 13 year old you know it was just I can I still can't yeah I still can't pinpoint it because it was just so powerful Mm. and of course the whole thing is tied to a bit of a framing device as well around um there's a teacher basically having a conversation with students so he got uh Lauren got a poet and politician Raz Baraka and a group of children into the living room of her house and basically Mm. had them play out a role of like a teacher putting things up on the blackboard and talking to them and sort of having tell me what love is tell me about love songs and that's that that intro part as well as like where he's going through all the names on the list and then Mm. it's her name put in there so you can sort of I guess her thing is yeah maybe she didn't go to school that much but she got she learned a living sort of out of school and that sort of thing so I really liked the intro I thought it was good yeah and it's really cute because then it's like it'll bring you back between tracks you know there's a school bell and it's it's a, it's a visual when you're listening to it, you know, mm. kind of like a podcast, you're telling that story mm. and she does that with, with these kids and what love means and then she'll she'll tell her version then of what love means in the next track, you know. Mm. Yeah, I love that. That was really big back then too, wasn't it? Like in the you know, yeah, late like 90s. Yeah, like, like 90s hip-hop was framing yeah. devices. It was all – and skits, framing devices yeah, and, and skits, skits were the things. Was, yeah. Was it LA Rights? Was this come out um, – what was happening in America that was, you know, such – that lent so much prevalence to Lauren Hill, I suppose, because just before that would have, you know, Whitney would have been, what, eight years before that or Mm. or, or a little while Mm. before that. Was there other stuff that was going on within the the US that that specifically were like big moments? I don't remember when the the LA riots were around. I think around that time was when Tupac and Biggie got shot and and died around 96, 97, 98, around that whole late 90s era and I think the difference with um with Lauren was she wasn't like in in the Fuji she's very street gangster uh Lauren Hill but in in the miseducation of Lauren Hill she she really broke the status quo with with hip-hop where it was not just rapping not just R&B it was a mixture and there Mm -hmm. weren't a lot of people that were doing that that could sing and rap and bring it all in the one yeah from reggae to hip-hop to you know boombox stuff like it was such a variety so I think that that was the a changing moment step changing yeah for the culture of hip-hop it actually kept a white man kept jumping to my head which is really awful (laughs) Um, it kept it kept reminding me of Beck in yeah. that he just okay. took all the bits of things that he saw that he wanted mm. and then he, most people would have gone, you can't jam those together and he just went, no, yeah, I, can. I can jam them together. And that's exactly what, like like the flamenco guitar and then in yeah. Lost Ones where it's like it's hip-hop and it's Jamaican reggae stuff. Yes. And then suddenly this noodling little guitar line drops in out of nowhere yeah. and it, you just go, oh my God. Most people would have either put it like sampled out and made that the base of the entire song. Yeah. But she's like, she no, just, no, I've got a song and I've got a guitar line and I think it drops in here. Yeah. And she and it it's just so, so well. much light and shade. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, oh, it's just 
this album is like building up. It's just so different from mm. one to the next. And, yeah. and half the time I'd probably would have tuned out and gone, oh, this album's all over the shop. Mm. But she just, because I think that narrative in between with the yeah. telling of the story and she kind of takes you on a journey to the end, um, which is kind of what... Why it's you were a Fuji's fan before, so this was yeah. like you, you, you were you were like, like next level. Yeah, this is my you'd second like baited, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, and then you, you you've got this adventure <laughs> of getting your disc, and yep. you know, you've got the first CD, the first singles out. Like mm. it's on. You yeah, know? It, it was. Yeah, and that was the moment, whole thing. Yeah. Like the Fuji's were huge. The score, yeah. their second album was world-breakingly mm-hmm. huge. So the idea mm-hmm. of the lady from the Fuji's having a solo stuff would have like everyone yeah. would have been on edge ready for it sure. like, that's the other thing I think that would have led to the build up of it is like people would have been excited for this mm. would have been getting ready to yeah and, and, I, th- and I think um, with respect to male hip hop artists they were probably waiting for you know your Wyclef Sheen and, and the mm. rest of the Fuji's to, to go and accelerate but it was actually Lauren who was the one that took her career out of, out of those three in that group mm. and actually made it you know Wyclef kind of he did his own thing but it wasn't at the level I guess you could probably say Lawrence has been. Yeah. So, no. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, you mentioned earlier that she transitions amazingly well from rapping to soul singing, like within yeah. a song. Within like, a song. Like sometimes you think, oh, yeah, you would split those up or some songs yeah. are just one or just the other. But especially on – so everything is everything and then also every ghetto, every city, yeah. which I love, is like there's yeah. like that funky guitar line all the way through it. But yeah. then, yeah, she'll just be singing like a soul harmony – and then just straight into a yep. hip hop, like a dark sort of you know, yeah, beady, beady thing. And not like light lyrics either. Like, these lyrics are really when you actually look into yeah. them really, really intense you know like she's not just talking your average stuff she's mm. really talking about you know Soweto and all these types of things that she'll throw in there you know so um and and the dynamic of being a woman doing that is yeah. like whoa okay she's really taking it there you know mm. so do you know who she's having a swing at with superstar because that's a dis- that's, that's a diss a- track on somebody. Oh God, I can't even remember. And I've written the lyrics in here as well. Yeah, because she goes, "Everything you drop is so tired. Music is supposed to inspire." Well, was it not a a, a swipe? I know there was a bit of swipe with this album at the Fugees because she mm. did have that falling out with Wycliffe. But I'm I don't know 100 percent if that okay. is it. But um, I do know this was her like. She didn't talk to Wycliffe for a long time. She didn't yeah. talk to the the rest of the group until the first performance was uh, the Dave Chappelle's Block Party. If you've oh, ever yeah. seen that, mm-hmm. yep. amazing. I loved it, and that was the first time they had been back together. And he got them back together mm. and did a block party in the middle of you know Brooklyn. So that was, I think, oh gosh, probably like ten or so more years later. Yeah, and that kind of reignited her again, and then she started touring again, and mm. yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it was about him. Yeah, could have been. Grant, did you have any favourite songs or anything that grabbed your attention? Um, mentioned to Zion earlier. Mm. Um, of course, the, the singles are still really enjoyed. Everything is everything is probably my favourite track. If I had mm. to choose one, I really thought that yeah. was. I thought that was better than that thing personally.
interesting uh, to hold it to the end as well. Like often yeah. you, you front load some of your bigger singles and well-known yeah. songs. But yeah. Well. Um, be, Superstar be. I liked yeah. as well because I yeah. thought, yeah, I'm mm. glad you went there because I'd yeah. also written, you know, <laughs> music is supposed to inspire. How come we ain't getting no higher? Mm. Like, who is it? <laughs> come on. The so, Give us the gossip. So if someone yeah. wants to tweet us um, <laughs> yeah. who, who they think it is as well, that would mm. be good. Maybe the first Patreon, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and when it hurts so bad were with the others. Um, mm. Yeah. That, that also resonated with me. So one other thing I also found out today was apparently, um, so she did, she basically worked with a collaboration of musical artists. So Vada, Nobles, Vada Nobles, Rasheem Pugh, Tajumol Newton and Jahari Newton. And they sort of grouped themselves together as a group called New Ark. Mm. And it was essentially her lead, but they were helping out and doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. And then they were like, ah, oh, we should probably have contracts to sort of describe what our actual role is with the album. And um, she was basically saying, ah, we all love each other. This ain't about documents. This is blessed. It's like, that's... <laughs> Just that's, like tax, that's right? So, like, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's so nice. And so, you know, deep, deep and meaningful. Yeah. But also a terrible way to start. To run <laughs> an initiative. So um, in the end, they ended up suing her and oh. they, it, they settled in February 2001 for reportedly $5 million. So basically, mm. yes, I, I love the, you know, oh, this is, we're all just doing this from yeah, our heart, sure. but as supporting musicians, like she gets all that credit, she gets yeah. all that leader sort of stuff. You, she was at the forefront. Yeah, they need to be, they needed to be protected. And obviously they felt that way too. So different producers on the album mm. had different stories about how much they contributed and whether sure. it was actually happening. And you can never tell with yeah. settlements whether it's just like, oh, we're just going to get this done and get out of the way. And yeah. a record label just goes, I don't, we don't want to think about this anymore. But yeah, yeah, that was yeah. something I found out today. She talks very honestly on the Unplugged album. If you, if you ever get to listen to that mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. from start to finish, you know, some of it, her voice is cracking. It's, it's the acoustic. She's like, nope, I stuffed that up. Let's go back again. It's very <laughs> raw. And she'll, she'll speak about, you know, all the drama she's had and, people putting you in their box and all this drama that's been happening and she just lays it out and then mm. sings and then she'll talk and sing at the same time. It's, yeah, she's a very intense person, that's for sure. Mm. Cool. Did you have any final thoughts or your final pitch for final where, pitch. Why, and why you find the album flawless? Look, I think 20 years, it's, it's stood the test of time. It's, I can listen to it again, you know, any time of the, any day and I'll pick it up and, and just start listening to it. The lyrics still matter, mm. you know, the content of it, um, the flow, her, her rapping alone and her flow is just unreal. So mm. um, if you like a bit of reggae, if you like soul, if you like hip hop to R&B, it's got it all. So I think that's, that's what I love about it. And mm. a woman, a strong black woman doing her thing. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I forgot to mention is... Um, even on the really hip hop songs, except for maybe everything, everything, hmm. um, they're not sample based. It's still yeah. um, instrument raw, based. Yeah. It's still it's drum all... and guitar, and like it, you know, it'll, it'll have a beat, but it's not like yeah. a beat like most dudes do, yes. where it's like really heavily sample based behind it. Mm. Is yeah, this yeah. was more like an instrument based behind it, which yeah. I thought yeah was interesting. Yep. You although having said that, you do and have skipped tracks. I have skipped tracks <laughs> for because of a broken heart. Because of the broken heart. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> sensational. Sensational. Sure. And, and it's a real mood album. When you're uh, feeling in a certain mood, you mm -hmm. go, oh, I'm not feeling this mood today. And you can literally have like six moods listening to this sure. album. And it's really like on that day, I'm feeling really happy, so I'm going to play doo-wop. And then I don't want to play X Factor today because I'm not in a chill mood. Sure. So, yeah. <laughs> 
I have skipped Talk only for the mood reason. No, that's fine. <laughs> and, but it's good for, for the listeners and for yeah. everyone. I think it's, it was a great declaration and yeah. it, a testament to how much the lyrics have affected you and the music's affected you. I think it's great. So yeah. thank you for that. Thank bit. you. Sure. Grant, uh, thumbs up or thumbs down on Miseducation being flawless? I'm going to go thumbs down. Okay. Would you like I, what's thumbs down? Tell me what thumbs that is. Thumbs up, no good. Th- thumbs oh, okay. up means you, it's flawless. It's yeah, flawless. Yeah, okay. According thumbs to me, you said thumbs down. down. Not, not, not thumbs flawless, down. unfortunately. It's, it's a brutal um, <laughs> yes. system here. Yeah. <laughs> so far, <laughs> there's only been two in, in 25 albums that have been unanimously flawless. You're the first guest who we've told in advance that we do this at the end of the podcast, and it can be really terrifying for some people when oh, they, no. they get yes. to the end and go, wait, you're judging me now? <laughs> <laughs> wait, oh, did we going, not tell you about that? Yeah, Sorry. Going around, yeah. <laughs> well, you're not a 13-year-old, you know, girl. Girl. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know, North, North Queensland, That's absolutely. Right, and I was different. going through my bad time as well, actually, <laughs> that time. It was a bad, yep. worst year of my life. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but uh, so, so no, it was awesome for a walk down memory lane. Even looking at the cover, I was like, yes, look at this. I remember this yeah, album. The from, and, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it's probably because it was, you mentioned the range of, you know, six emotions through yes. the album. And, I, and that wasn't, that's not really me. In and of myself. Not men in general, right? Like, sure. Is that a, is I mean, that a bad thing? If we got a stereotype, <laughs> sure. Women, know, we can have six emotions in an hour, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> but I, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the listen. Great album. I can see why I mean, you know, five Grammys and the, the mm. twelve nominations speak mm. for themselves as it being a really awesome album. But for me I gotta say thumbs down. Fair. Liam, over to you. What are your thoughts on it? Uh, I'm also gonna have to give it a thumbs down, unfortunately. Um, I loved the, all the hip-hop stuff and a lot of the reggae stuff I really loved. The framing device with the kids in the schoolroom didn't do anything for me. Really? It was really weird. I didn't... Normally, oh. like, clever framing devices where, like you said, it's they do a thing and then she goes on and sings her thoughts about it. Was yeah. like That would be right up my alley. But for some reason, that it just wasn't working for me this didn't time. But I don't know what it is. Um, the other thing is the slower songs, like the really soul songs, that stuff in general is not my jam it's at all. So I'm really happy to be <laughs> doing this sort of stuff. So we did... Um, Solange as well, and she was in a similar sort of space. And mm-hmm. yeah. I'm really happy that people bringing these albums to me, and telling me these are the these are the really good ones. But it's just not the, oh, it didn't, it's didn't not hit genre, for me, hey, so which is genre. completely fine. And not yeah. everything has to be like I said sure. the last time. Not everything has to be for me. That's fine. But yeah, so um, like the when it hurt so bad, I didn't really get into. It. And then the nothing even matters with D'Angelo. That's a very slow song. Really slow. You've and got to be like chilled, chilled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is, but like. Um, uh, Superstar is really, really slow as well. And I really love that song. Mm. So I don't know whether it was just because yeah. the, the subject matter of the song I really liked. Whereas, yeah, Nothing Even Matters. It was I the just, subject matter, yeah. I quite like both of them. But yeah, the Nothing Even Matters I just couldn't. You, that's why you had yeah. to skip it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But yeah, but yeah nice. I could totally tell why. And it, it definitely stands up. Like it doesn't sound like it was released 20 years no. ago. You no. could release it tomorrow. Uh, and it would. If anything, if anything, it might be bigger because... Like that kind of hip hop and that kind of soul stuff is way bigger now than it probably was twenty years ago. Yeah. So probably even do better now than it did back then. So I'll take that. Yeah, <laughs> that's a very excellent point. When good. I put it on, I thought this is this is timeless. You don't know mm. this is from '98. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. Like wow. But the hip hop stuff is amazing. Like the first time I was listening to it with Lost Ones, where she just breaks straight into that rap right yeah. at the start. I was like, whoa, this is really cool because I I thought she was more of a soul and yes. R and B artist than a rapper, and just so yeah. to hear her just breaking that straight away was really good. And all those parts of the album I really liked, but mm. not enough to give it flaws, unfortunately. All goods. But yeah, thank you very much for nominating it. Thank nice you. to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was really, really thank you. It means a lot it's to good. you as well. Thank good you for trip sharing. Down memory lane. Thank good. you. 
Uh, so we want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, we have a Facebook, a Twitter, and an Instagram. We are Flawless AMP on all of those, so you can join the conversation, share or like our posts, or give us a rating. Every little bit helps us find more music lovers like yourself. Uh, and as mentioned, we also now have a Patreon at patreon.com slash flawlessamp. If you would like to back us, please check that out. Other than that, uh, thanks again for listening, and we will see you next time. Cheers. Cheers.